0: Welcome back to the MarTech
1: Podcast. Today, we're going to continue our discussion about the process to build and the value of a community on Facebook. Joining us is Christina Gendali, who is a business growth strategist at Deliver Your Genius, which is her consultancy that helps aspiring entrepreneurs and small business owners find independence through community building. And yesterday, Christina walked us through why building a community on Facebook is a valuable marketing asset. And today she's going to walk us through her playbook for launching and scaling one of those Facebook communities. Okay. Here's the rest of my conversation with Christina Gendali, business growth strategist at Deliver Your Genius. Christina, welcome back to the Martech podcast.
2: Hey, thanks again for having me.
1: I'm excited to have you back on the show. Excited to continue our conversation. Yesterday, we talked about the value of building a community on Facebook. It helps you Fill the top of the funnel, recruit new people. You get to take advantage of all that data that Facebook has been harvesting for the last few decades, the last decade or so. Helps you build camaraderie amongst your followers, your customers, people that are interested in your brand. Serves as a vehicle for getting your marketing messages out there. Like I said in our last episode, I'm sold. I want to build a community for the MarTech podcast and I need your help. Walk me through the playbook of creating a community from scratch. And then let's talk a little bit about scaling it. Where do I start?
2: Important question, right? Where do I actually begin? What do I start with? So I think the first thing with anything is the name. You need to have a name for your community and your space for where you're going to keep people. And the biggest thing that I see is that people struggle with the name. They get hung up on the name and it keeps them from getting started. So I think that's important to start there. And your name should be a reflection of who your ideal clients are or who they want to become so that there's a sense of belonging or community. So you don't want to, if let's say on the flip side of this, you don't want your community to be about what your people don't want to have. So let's say for an example, You're talking about, let's say you're in the health space and you're helping people lose weight, just as an example, right? You don't want to say Overweight Moms Community or Overweight ones Hub. Nobody wants to relate to themselves (laughs) as being in the overweight club.
1: (laughs) I'm going to Facebook that right now. I guarantee there's a Facebook group for overweight moms called Overweight Moms Facebook Group.
2: There probably is. (laughs) Yes. So you want to think about your listeners for the podcast, the people that you're serving, the people that are your ideal clients for services that you have, or your products that you're selling is who are they or who is it that they want to become? What do they want to have more of? And thinking about flushing out some of those ideas. So I always suggest start with that and just taking a moment to think, okay, like, who are they? What exactly are they looking for? The one thing is when it comes to your Facebook group, if people that land on it, it's one thing if people already know you and they come into your group, they're already sold on you. So they're going to be like, great. So-and-so is having this group. I'm going to come in and join. But when you're having cold traffic or people that just pop in and they see your Facebook group show up, you want to make sure that they immediately get if it's for them or not. So having a keyword in the title, the name of your Facebook group that your people would search for is important to have in there as well. So I see people so much, they try and make adjustments for words and they'll try and get flashy, splashy words and have these cutesy words and stuff. And they don't land because people don't know what it means.
1: For the record, Overworked, Overstressed and Overweight Moms Group has 43 members.
2: There you go. (laughs) You know, I, I hear
1: what you're saying in terms of figuring out the name. And I guess the question for me, when we think about this from a corporate perspective if I'm going to create a Facebook group, should I name it my brand? In my case, is this the Martech podcast community? Do I have to name it Martech and just not have it be about the podcast? You know, if I'm a company, do I just say that this is the company name group? Walk me through what brands should be thinking when they're going through the naming process.
2: One thing to keep in mind is that your Facebook group and your community does not need to be the same as your brand. It doesn't need to be the same as your business name. And I know that sometimes it's like, well, that seems counterintuitive because I want to build brand awareness, but that is secondary. So if someone doesn't immediately know when they see your brand, what that is or what it's going to do for them, it's not clear enough for them to want to join. So it will limit your opportunity to have organic growth and members coming in if they're not landing on there from a warm entry point meaning that they, they heard a podcast and they come over and then they, they're coming into the group. So you'll want to expand on it with the name and by having it inclusive in there so that your people know that they're in the right spot. But what does it mean? And so you can do this by having a tagline for your Facebook group. So you're gonna have your title of your Facebook group, but you're also gonna have a tagline, which is the promise of what your group is going to do for these people, what they can expect to get. What is the benefit of being in this Facebook group? What is the outcome that they're gonna get? And when you put that into your tagline for your Facebook group, you now put on your banner. When people click on there before they join your group, they see the name and they see the banner. You want to make sure that you have your name and your tagline on that banner. So people immediately know like, okay, is this for me? So if you are only serving women in your group, make sure that you're speaking to women. If you're supporting people in a certain industry, make sure that that's being called out in your tagline. You want to make sure that you're filtering through and getting the right people in the group because what kills engagement in groups as well is that is having a whole bunch of people just coming in for the sake of having growth coming in versus people that are the ideal people so that they feel like they fit in. Think about this for a moment. You go to a party What's the first thing that you do, especially if I'm an introvert?
1: <laughs> What's the first thing you do? Look for the bar.
2: Yeah. After the bar, right? You get your drink. After the bar, what do you do?
1: Drink the drink. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not being helpful, am I? All right. You go and you see, you survey the landscape and you see who's there. Yeah. it kind of depends if you're single or not.
2: There you go. That's true. Okay. Well, we've got some X factors here. But first things, you usually try and have conversation with people. And, and you usually start moving towards people that you feel connection to people that you have something in common with. What's the first thing that you do is usually congregate with people that are similarly minded than you. Right. And, same thing in your Facebook group. If your Facebook group is so broad and the people that's in there, people are gonna not necessarily get like, mine the right place. Is this the place to be? And so it kills natural engagement, natural engagement. It happens when everyone's like, wow, I'm in this community and all these people are just like me. So it gives them a lot of conversation to, um, to have from the get-go. So you wanna make sure that at first glance, you've only got seconds to make a first impression in the online space and seconds for someone to decide if they wanna click to join your group or not. So you've got to make sure that your name and your tagline are clear and specific and clearly identify how they're going to benefit by being a part of your community.
1: Okay. So pick this one apart. MarTech Podcast Community. That's my group name. Okay. Are we okay with that? Did I do it right?
2: We're okay with that. All right. Good.
1: Well, do I call it the community or do I just call it the MarTech Podcast? And then the tagline can be a community discussing content for the MarTech Podcast.
2: I would get more clear and specific on that. So think about like, what's the promise of the podcast? Who are you bringing on? What do you want to do for those people?
1: A community discuss the trends and changes happening in the MarTech landscape.
2: Okay. We've got to love this, you guys. We're going to dive down deeper. So I wouldn't put MarTech again inside of the tagline.
1: The marketing and technology landscape.
2: There you go. You got it.
1: Okay, great. We got a great title. I'm psyched.
2: Step one. Yes. Now what? Step two is you want to get your first founding members in, right? Because no one wants to have a ghost town and have like zero people inside of your Facebook group.
1: Nobody eats at an empty restaurant.
2: No, of course not. So having your first initial people come in. So I think the important thing is before you think about anything else is just having a clear focus saying, okay, for example, when I started my first free Facebook group, I thought 100% of my effort for one month is gonna be focused on the growth of this group. And then I'll think about anything else. But I'm not gonna try and do anything other than just growing it and making sure that there's some value inside of the group for people to have. So I spent about a week adding some content bits inside of the group before I invited anybody so that there was something for them to look at.
1: Okay. So step two is really publishing your initial bits of content. Exactly.
2: Yes. Backwards. Step two, yeah. Add in a few bits of content so people have something to read when they get there. Add something that's high value for them. And then step three is then going to be getting your founding members. So I would say start with your low-hanging fruit before you start expanding out. So thinking about Where are people already following you? For you, it's going to be sending people from the podcast. For others that may be earlier on in business, that might be reaching out to some of their contacts list and their friends and inviting people that would be a good fit to be part of it. So thinking about in your current space, where are you already in front of people that would be potential ideal members for your group? And then making an invitation for them to join your group and giving them a reason why they should join. So long gone are the days like you think about with online marketing before is like just say to people, hey, join the subscriber list and you'll be on my newsletter list and you'll hear from me once a week or however often. Well, people aren't entering their email addresses for that anymore. They want something clear, specific and tangible. So think, making sure that the content that you put in your group, at least there's one high value, something that you can direct people to to tell them that they can go pick it up in your group. Give them a little bribe for making the effort of coming over there, or at least make the promise as to what they're going to gain as a result of being in the group. And then making those those initial invitations and set yourself some milestones, whether it's you know for the first 72 hours or the first week, a number of people that you're going to have inside of the group, that's your goal. And keep focused on that until you get those initial members. And I would say, as a general rule of thumb, once you start getting about 500 to 750 members, your group starts to naturally engage itself more. Before that, you're doing all the talking pretty much on your own.
1: (laughs) Okay. So you're standing up on your soapbox and you're shouting at the moon until you get about 750 people that are engaging in the group, which means you got to come up with a list of more than 750 people to try to join your group. So... Phase two is really your initial follower phase where you're reaching out directly. You're doing a lot of the publishing yourself. You're not necessarily getting a lot of engagement. Putting it back to the Martech podcast, to me, this is we start publishing announcements of each episodes. We start inviting people, inviting the guests, inviting everybody that's there so people can interact with the guests that are on the show. That's the promise that we're going to provide. If you listen to an episode that you're interested in, you can comment it on our Facebook group and the person that was the speaker will be able to write you back and the rest of the community will hear it. Good value prop?
2: I love it. I think it's fantastic.
1: Great. All right. So, what's the next phase? We're doing a little outreach. We're starting to grow our following. We're getting up 500, 700 followers. Hopefully, people are starting to write comments that are outside of just us talking. Time for a one minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, Half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then. who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex? Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost effective. Request a demo at Mutinex.co. That's M U T I N E X.co. What happens next?
2: So one thing to keep in mind is that you always want to have consistent growth in the group, and then you want to have engagement in the group in order for Facebook to recommend your group to other people. Those are the key factors that they're looking at. Is there continuous growth coming into the group and are people actively engaged in the group? And if you hit those two criteria, Facebook's naturally going to start to share your Facebook group with members that are similar to your members. So you'll have some organic reach that way.
1: Okay, so there's the two primary metrics which you're focusing on, which are really the metrics to drive organic growth, which were engagement and subscribers. Talk to me about some of the strategies for driving subscribers and then for increasing engagement.
2: Yeah, for subscribers and having new members coming into your group, there's a few different ways of the way I like to look at it. Is there's three different ways of generating traffic there's free, there's paid, and there is joint venture opportunities. So free traffic, of course, is what, you know, it's free. So it's thinking about where are you currently spending time and where you get to optimize things. So if you're speaking online and offline, your website navigation bar, sending people there, having your business page on Facebook, directing people to your Facebook group, on your LinkedIn profile, on your show notes for your podcast. So think about where you're already spending time and making sure that you're directing people to your Facebook group. So those personal invitations that we're talking about as well. Then when it comes to paid advertising, if you're already using paid advertising in your business, if you're generating Facebook ads, or you're using some sort of paid traffic, you don't want to direct paid traffic directly to your Facebook group. Instead, you would send them to an opt-in page where you're exchanging their contact information and giving them a gift in exchange for that. And on the thank you page of that, and the email sequence that you send afterwards, you can then direct them towards your Facebook group. So in that, after you've done the paid advertising, they've entered their email information, the thank you page, you direct them, the email follow-up sequence in your auto signature, you can put it in there. And then the third type of traffic is joint venture traffic. And I love joint venture traffic. And it's something that being a podcast host like yourself, it's something that comes natural to you. It's collaboration. It's meeting with other people. So joint venture traffic is the opportunity to bring in guest experts. It's the opportunity to do cross interviews, cross posting, cross sharing with other people that are serving your ideal audience in some way that's similar where you have the opportunity to bring them and they get to share about coming to your community because maybe you're having a feature interview with them or you've got a conversation going with them. So it's inviting their community to come over to your community. That's a phenomenal way of being able to generate new leads coming in, new members coming inside of your Facebook group.
1: Okay. So there's a couple different ways to drive subscribers. You also mentioned that engagement is important. When you're driving subscribers, hopefully you're driving people that are targeted and that are interested in your topic How do you get them to actually spend the time, post, and engage and be valuable community members?
2: This is one of the biggest questions I get all the time. And it starts with hello. It really does. Because the moment that someone comes in your group, they're excited, they're warm, they've just said yes. And you want to make sure that you're giving them a warm welcome and also directing them into how you want them to show up inside of your group. So if you have them comment or take some sort of action as soon as they come in the group, they're 10 times more likely to be engaged in the future. So a simple email that's welcoming them into the group, tagging them and inviting them to say what part of the world they're from or introduce themselves, keep it really simple and really easy, but have them take that action step right away so that you have the opportunity to then, in essence, sort of train them to be the members that you want to have in there. So that first impression is key.
1: So, Christina, I'm going to invite you to my group. You're going to sign up. I'm going to see that you signed up for the group. And my first post is going to be Hey, Christina, welcome to the group. Here's a link to the guidelines and the community standards here. While we have your attention, tell us a little bit about the company you work for and what's your role.
2: Yeah, perfect. And, you know, it doesn't have to be done for every single individual, but you can have a welcome post that you then tag your new members in so that they have the opportunity to see it. So you're not Filling your feed always with the new welcomes and having that done in clusters.
1: Once a week, we're going to batch them all together. Exactly. All right. So we're getting subscriber growth now. We're getting some engagement. We're reaching people as soon as they get into the group. And we're starting to build that habit of commenting on the Martech podcast content. We're done, right? We have a community now.
2: Yeah. And I think one thing quickly to keep in mind is that when you're having engagement, is making sure that here's a key thing too is that it's not about you as the host, it's about the people that you're serving. And the more that you ask questions and learn about what's going on in their world, the more that you're going to have great content ideas, the more that you're going to connect with your people. So as much as we want to serve them and give them value and great content and great conversation, we want to be that we're asking them questions to let them share simple things about themselves. So, you know, an example of this might be for myself on my business page, I might say something about, you know, three tips to boost engagement in your Facebook group. Inside of the Facebook group, I might actually say a question like, "How do you actually feel about the engagement in your Facebook group?" Because that's when people are starting to share what's really going on with them, which allows you to create way more community and conversation. Because if we're just giving how-to content to people and we're not inviting them into the conversation, it doesn't perpetuate that natural engagement. So I want to make sure that we're including simple little one-liner questions within the group to be boosting that engagement as you go along too.
1: So when I post this interview on my Facebook page, it's going to be something like, Christina Jendal, world's greatest expert on Facebook posts, shares the secrets of building community. And then in my group, it's going to be, where do Facebook groups live in your marketing strategy?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Learning something more specific about them.
1: Got it. So we're phrasing things to be interactive because really that's the point of the group. I guess the last question is now that we're building a scaled community, what else is there for us to do? Is this just, you know, once you build it, then all of a sudden the monetization comes? What else can we do with the community once we have it? And how do we continue to make sure that it grows and scales?
2: So I think the biggest thing is making sure that you're clear on what your monetization strategy is. So everyone's going to have a unique strategy, but where is it that you're driving revenue for the company? Where do you need to lead people? And making sure that what you're creating inside of the group is leading people towards that monetization strategy. So it really depends on the individual and their business model, what it is that they're doing, what it is that they're selling, or how they're monetizing to make sure that that's where they're leading people in the group.
1: Let's say we're running a MarTech podcast, right? Okay. And I I have a piece of content and I just... What I care about is the subscriber growth and being able to provide value to my sponsors to be able to have people engage with their brand.
2: Okay. So if the monetization is through the sponsors and adding value to the sponsors, then it's about making sure that inside of the group, you're directing people towards... What would be beneficial to your sponsors? What do they need to be able to see to feel like they're getting their investment worth? What kind of acknowledgement recognition do they need to see in order to feel like this is the best investment they ever made? And then making sure that we reverse engineer and work backwards in order to create that experience for them.
1: Obviously, it depends on what your business goals are to determine monetization But the engagement, in my case, uh, of the community, right, growing the community is going to help drive subscribers. And we're going to give links to the content. So hopefully people will continue to listen if they're new to the community. But we're also going to show our sponsors how much engagement we're driving based on the comments and the like volume. So it gives us another metric to report that we drove 800 likes to the post because we have this large Facebook group. So there's at least 800 people that were actively engaged with your content. I'd love for that 800 to be 8,000. How do I continue to scale?
2: The biggest thing is making sure that when it comes to, when we're talking about the two key pieces, making sure that there's continuous engagement and then making sure that we have continuous growth. So making sure that when it comes to growth, your active growth, which is campaigns that you're running, activities that you're running, fun things that you can do for this is, you know, every so often you can run contests or challenges or activities inside of the group that stimulates more growth, more engagement, and a ton of excitement. So alongside of what it is that you're doing, that's always a fun way of being able to do it and giving you that sort of extra boost. So maybe once a quarter, it's running some sort of challenge, little free series, little mini campaign, or even a contest that invites people to grow, invite friends to come and engage with it. So that's a fun way to be able to continue with it. And then there's the passive things, making sure that your everything is continually optimized to be driving traffic there. But there becomes a point where it starts to just build on itself and really start growing itself. And so as long as you're inviting and giving people calls to action, inviting them to be inviting their friends, bringing other people as part of it. You're going to have your members telling their friends and inviting their friends to be coming back alongside it. So you want to make sure that you have active strategies that you're doing, like the contests and the promotions and the things that you're doing as well as making sure that things are continually optimized for the passive side of things, meaning that you've got the engagement and growth
1: vote for the MarTech Awards, right? That's the engagement strategy that gets people to come back and do something different and the winners get some sort of piece of candy. Okay, as we're scaling and hopefully showing a lot of value and proving that there is engagement to our sponsors, we need to think about managing the community. As you're going from, you know, I said 800 engagements to 8,000 to 80,000, right? Lots of people in the group What does a scaled community look like in terms of size? How big do these communities get? And when you get to from small to medium to large, how do you onboard enough people to actually monitor and make sure that the community doesn't become an angry mob?
2: The beauty of it is, is that when you set it up properly and you're clear as to how you're managing it, your members will actually do the work for you. They will report anything that comes offside because they see it as their sense of community. So as you scale, think about maybe when you're beginning, it's just you that's doing the management of the group and then you're bringing on a community manager that's helping with that and over time you have multiple community managers and you have someone that is managing that group of people do you need to have people paid for the community managers no there's a lot of members like we were talking about earlier that people are excited to be part of it and manage that and do that and have a job that they can do in support of the community that they feel part of and of course as the community grows that may transition into paying someone to be managing the group for you as well so that they're looking after it and looking after the others that are maintaining it. But you can set certain standards. Sometimes as groups grow as well, there's a setting that you can change where posts need to be approved before they're published in the group. And as groups grow, sometimes if there's too many things that are getting published at once, then it needs to go through a vetting process before they get published. And it just makes it easier for management of the group before things actually get posted.
1: Christina, like I said yesterday when we started our conversation, you've got me sold. This is something that we need to do here for the MarTech podcast. I feel like Facebook is a great environment to start building community. It's not the only environment to build community. We can create a Slack community, potentially create our own content as well in our own forum. But I do think that there's a ton of value here. So hopefully by the time this episode is published, we have the Martech Pod Facebook group and Facebook page up and you guys can find it. Just search Facebook and Martech Pod. That's what we're going to name the thing. And if not, go to MarTechPod.com and send me a note and guilt trip me for being a slacker and not getting it up in time.
2: <laughs> I love it.
1: Christine, any last words about growing and building a community?
2: I think the biggest thing is if you're listening to this and thinking like, geez, like I feel a bit of a pull towards this sounds like a great idea. Don't hesitate. Just get started it's the, you know, overthinking it and trying to get it perfect. It's a matter of getting started, pick that name and run with it and invite those people. And you're not committed to it to a lifetime, but there's no better time than now to get started.
1: And for anybody that's in the overweight moms group, keep fighting. You're doing a great job. It's the hardest job in the world. Christina, I appreciate you being our guest on the show. Thanks for sharing your knowledge.
2: <laughs> Thanks for having me.
1: Okay, that wraps up this episode of the Martech Podcast. Thanks to Christina Gendali, business growth strategist at Deliver Your Genius for joining us. If you'd like to learn more about Christina, you can click on the link to her LinkedIn profile on our show notes. You can visit her Instagram handle, which is Christina.gendali, C-H-R-I-S-T-I-N-A dot J-A-N-D-A-L-I. Or you could visit her website, which is DeliverYourGenius.com. It's got a great marketing checklist on the homepage. I totally recommend that you check it out. Just one link I want to tell you about before we let you go. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to our website. It's martechpod.com. M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D.com. We have summaries of all of our episodes, contact information for our guests. You can sign up for a once a week newsletter. You can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. My handle is BenJShap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P on LinkedIn and on Twitter. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we publish episodes every day during the work week. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and check back with us tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy.